This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, we're two and a half weeks into the new year and your great big prediction was blasted out of the water. You said Nick (laughs) Kyrgios was going to win the Aussie Open and it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry to tell you. No. (laughs) He pulled out with a knee injury on Monday. Uh, Retirement, though, isn't defeat, so I'm not quite conceding. Yeah, you're really clutching at straws (laughs) with that, but that's okay. It wasn't the only withdrawal this week. It's been a bit of a thing. We're not just talking about tennis. Of course, Jacinda Ardern made a surprise retirement announcement during the week. We'll get into that in this episode of Saturday Squeeze. We've also got a heap of recommendations. Kate, you've got a podcast that you quite like. Well, you liked it too. I did like that too. So yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, Also, I'm going to make the case for buying a calendar after the new year has started. We're talking about a physical calendar. Mm. Okay, I'm looking forward to you making the case (laughs) for that. The most click linked out of the Squeeze Today email this week was about... A certain disturbance in a park in Noosa, Queensland. Claire, Carl Stefanovic, Michael Clark, their partners. Mm. It was a whole thing. It was. And you spent Christmas up that way. Did you see anything like that? In Noosa, of course not. I mean, this this would never happen <laughs> until now. And look, and the second question, if you did, would you video it and send it to a news outlet? Look, I wouldn't. I don't think. We're not those people, I don't think. But this is what happens to celebrities now. Exactly. This is what happens and we lap it up. Mm. So, I mean, the truth of the matter is that celebrity gossip turns out to be the thing that squizzes, even though you might not want to admit it, do click on Mm. out of the Squeeze Today email. Um, Then there's, of course, the fallout. There's the violence that happened and whether that's okay. Big discussions about that. The police are now involved. Mm. There's talk of Michael Clark losing key sponsorships, potentially losing commentary gigs as well. Yeah, to your point about... About it being gossip, I don't think I've ever seen in the newsletter history of clicked links the most clicks that we got on that link. How many this week? What? Oh, uh, look, I reckon it was probably about ten yeah, percent of readers. The yeah, yeah, exactly. So a lot of people did click through. People are interested. Yeah, exactly. And it does just make you think: who would want to be famous? <laughs> uh, we asked that question in the office this week about who would want to be a politician as well. After yeah. new figures came out uh, on the weekend, showing a rise in the threats against them. Yeah, that was talked about in the context of Jacinda Ardern stepping down too. Speaking of celebrity and intrigue and entertainment, (laughs) of course, Nick Kyrgios, perhaps the number one draw card for the Aussie Open is out, as we touched on. That was the most covered story of the week as of, say, Friday morning. Yeah, we work with Stream, which is a news intelligence platform, and they give us a bit of a recce on what stories were big in the media, and Nick Kyrgios pulling out of the Aussie Open was the biggest story this week. Uh, And look... When we look at the tennis, mm. uh, all the Aussie women are out of the singles. Iga Sviatek is the number one seed. She's still in it and she looks to be cruising. Uh, and on the men's side for the Aussies, Alex Dimonor, Alexi Popran, they've advanced to the third round. They're going to have to play really well to get going again. Rafael Nadal is, of course, out. Andy Murray had that epic match last night. We're recording this on Friday last mm. night, um, which went to 4am. Of course, he beat 
Thanasi Kokonakis in that game, but I am all on the Murray train now. Come on, Andy Murray. <laughs> Novak still in it. What else have we got? Oh, Sitsipas is the number. Uh, He's the top ranked player who's still in it. So plenty to go. And one of the players that I'm now looking out for in this tournament is Sam Stozer. Mm. She, of course, has been such a mainstay of women's tennis in Australia. She's retiring after this tournament. Another person who's bowing out. Yeah, it really is the theme <laughs> of the week, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, she's in the mixed doubles today with Matt Ebden. Yeah, another Aussie, of course. It's not a tennis podcast, though, actually, this one. Apparently not. <laughs> I think we better move on to other things. <laughs> Let's have a chat about Jacinda Ardern now. Claire, we were in a production meeting, a, actually a Saturday Squeeze production meeting, when I looked at you and I could tell we'd lost you. we completely lost you. You weren't paying listening. attention. No. You were looking at something else. Uh, you were on the, We were doing this virtually. You just said, Ardern, gone. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a real surprise and, of course, it was just sort of saturated uh, yeah. coverage for the rest of the day about what that was all about. Just to the details first, she'll finish up on the 7th of February or perhaps before then, mm. leave the parliament in April. Full disclosure, when you said Ardern's gone, both of us immediately thought <laughs> something's happened, there's some conspiracy, there's something that's gone on, there's a scandal. Mm. It doesn't appear that way. That's the point. former political staffers in you and me. I know. Uh, because it is that sort of sense of, well, you're at the top. Mm. You're doing pretty well by all appearances. So to give up a job like that when we know Huge. how driven these people are yeah. to get to the top, uh, something has to change in their lives, in their situation, uh, whether that's in their control or out of their control, that's something else entirely. So, yeah, we went straight to something has happened or something bad is about to come out. Not yet. Not yet. That we know of. She says she's exhausted. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a pretty emotional press conference on Thursday. She talked about going off on a summer holiday, hoping to recharge for a big year, but that she just didn't do that, wasn't able to commit to an election. Yeah, and that's really the context for it. So as she said in that press conference, it's not just about getting through this year. It's mm. not just about having a summer break and going, yeah, I'm not really feeling it, uh, because it's an election year. So to go to the polls, she really needs to tell Kiwis that she was up for this job yeah. at least for another few years. Uh, you can't put yourself up for election saying I'm about to go. So uh, she needs to go at the start of the year, give someone else a bit of a chance to really sort of put their case to mm. Kiwi voters about why they should lead the country uh, and that's what's going to happen now. Cynicism <laughs> reared its ugly head again though, Claire, <laughs> in all of this because yeah. she hasn't been doing that well in the polls and no. I know take the polls with a grain of salt, I always say that because they're quite often wrong. However, she's not super popular at the moment by all accounts. No, and look, we have this view I think with a bit of distance from Australia to think that she's this sort of untouchable leader mm, who yeah. has this halo around her and has done really well uh, and in a lot of parts it seems that she has but when it comes to the here and now uh, there's lots of issues for Kiwis. Cost of living is really biting yep. in New Zealand. Uh, of course a lot of that was around COVID restrictions being in place for a lot longer than they were in Australia. Uh, so there's lots of issues and the shine seems to have come off for her. Uh, now it's up to whoever's going to take that party forward to make the case as to why Labor should get re-election under a new leader. Uh, but for Ardern, pretty good timing. She's going to go, her record's intact, she can move on with her life. We'll see what she does next. Both of us predict she'll have another job lined up in no time. Well, she's a young woman. 
She's only 42. Exactly. Uh, before we wrap this one up, Claire, one thing worth noting, this has happened before in New Zealand and mm. I sort of – I was it sparked mm. a memory, of course, for me. Um, John Key was Prime Minister mm. from 2008 to 2016. He resigned in a similar way ahead mm. of the 2017 election. He said he's got nothing left in the tank. So whilst this is a shock, mm. like that was a shock, it's not unfamiliar. Yeah, it's not. And what happened, of course, with the Nationals, which was the party, uh, the National Party that John Key led, they lost that election – uh, when Ardern was the one who came in actually at the last minute. She was, yeah. Uh, and won that election and did very well. But, yeah, there seems to be this sort of track record of New Zealand churning out these quite impressive national leaders. Mm. John Key was a really impressive Helen guy. Helen Clark before that. Helen yeah. Clark was a very impressive woman. Uh, they've both gone on to do really big things internationally. So, yeah, we'll see whether Ardern does sort of tread that path as well. Watch this space. In the very immediate future, what will happen from here is that members of the Labor Party will meet on Sunday, so tomorrow. They'll try and settle who should take over. In a nutshell, someone has to get two-thirds of the vote. 44 is the magic number. If you're looking across <laughs> the news, someone needs 44 votes to become leader. If not... Well, then they sort of need to go to the wider party membership uh, and their union supporters and that gets a lot messier. More bruising, more drawn out. Mm, Exactly right. Okay, coming up this week, uh, Australia Day, of course, is on Thursday. That really seemed to have snuck up. I just think it's incredible how the time goes. But the discussion isn't about time wasting away. Uh, It's actually about still whether it's an appropriate day to mark our national day. Uh, A bit of a shift this year to companies giving employees the option to take another day as a public holiday if that's what they want to do. Yeah, there's a few doing that. Woolworths, for example, they employ what you used to work there. Yeah, in the supermarkets division, it's about 140-odd thousand people, a bit more than that probably. A lot of Australians. They've told staff they can choose to work on January 26 and take another day off at the discretion of their manager. The quote being, it's up to each team member to mark the day as it suits them. The Prime Minister was asked about this as well, Claire. Yeah, he was. And what he said is that January 26th, of course, working arrangements are in place uh, and that it's a matter for employees and employers to work through it. Uh, But for Anthony Albanese and the Labor Party always, they've said that Australia Day is Australia Day. Yeah, no talk of changing the date from him at this point. Let's talk about the Australian of the Year nominees, though. That Mm. announcement is on Wednesday night. We've read through the field. What do you reckon? Look, it's a very diverse set of nominees for Aussie of the Year. Of course, Mm. that's the Premier Award. Uh, Craig Foster is probably the best-known candidate. Yes. We read through it. That was sort of the one, the only one we really knew a lot about. Recognised his name. Yeah. Yeah. He, of course, was a soccer player, a national soccer player. He commentates these days. But he's probably better known and why he's being considered for this award for his work with human rights advocacy. Mm. Uh, And, look, I have absolutely no sense about who might win this. And probably the person who stood out to me uh, is Professor Samar Aon. She's from Western Australia. She's a palliative care researcher. She specialises in motor neurone disease and dementia. Uh, My mother died of motor neurone disease, so I know that quite intimately. Mm. Um, If you've ever had a loved one in palliative care, you'll know just how special those people are who dedicate their lives to that profession. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you wanted to mention about your mum, but you have done that. Exactly. Um, In addition to those one there's also a maggot farmer 
quite interesting from the ACT. It's really interesting. It is really interesting. Have a read of them. We're putting all the links to uh, each nominee in your episode notes. A composer as well from Queensland mm. and a paediatrician. Often, um, often health professionals are in these fields. There's, of course, Senior Australian of the Year, the Young Australian of the Year. I always like reading about the local yeah, heroes. There's some great stories there. Yeah, absolutely. This year's actually 20 years of that award, so there'll be a bit of focus on that one across the next few days. As I said, we'll pop a link in your episode notes to the full list of nominees. Of course, Claire, this week the Australian Open continues. We've covered that already, so we'll leave that there. On Sunday, tomorrow, it's the Lunar New Year. Yeah, worth mentioning because a couple of billion people around the world celebrate <laughs> that. a couple of billion so, people. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things. We're entering the year of the rabbit. Quick Google also says that it's a year of hope. Year of hope. If you if you have a look at what the year of the rabbit is supposed to bring, it's mm. supposed to bring hope. I can certainly get around that. <laughs> if you're born in the year of the rabbit, you might have a more soft and tender personality. That's definitely not us, Kate. Neither of us are born in the year of the rabbit. <laughs> I'm a tiger. You're a dragon, which I reckon seems about right. <laughs> I think we'll leave that there. Squeeze recommends this week, Claire. We've um, been a bit heavy on the watching recommendations yep. lately. No watching recommendations no. this week. No watching being done except for tennis, as you well know. Listening suggestion, though, we're podcast people. Both of us in the past have listened to the podcast Smartless. Yeah, so it's a huge podcast. Yeah. It's been around for a bit. Uh, Jason Bateman, uh, also Will Arnett. They're both quite well-known actors. Also mm. Sean Hayes. Uh, Hollywood-type dudes think Arrested Development. Um, Sean Hayes, if you don't recognise that name, he's Jack and Will and Grace. Yeah. Iconic. If you see character. their faces, you definitely know who they are. Yeah. yeah. And Kate, you dived in again this week. Yeah. This one's been around for ages, and I've had mates recommending episodes on upon episodes for mm. a really long time. Um, the best thing about this podcast, I mean, they're such professionals, the mm. chemistry amongst the three of them to then conduct an interview. Mm. It's actually really difficult to do. Mm. And they do the best interviews. I'm actually just pulling it up right now to get, have a look at some that they've had recently, like they've had the president. Joe yeah, Biden. Sure. Uh, Steven Spielberg is a more recent mm. one. Um, they've had James Cameron, Charlize Theron. I mean, all of the big names. And look, have most been on of this them podcast. are promoting something. Yeah, that's okay. But these guys can do these interviews in a way that it's not a cheesy kind of promotion. Exactly. It's really great. I listened to one with Emily Blunt this week, followed up with a more recent one with her husband, John Krasinski. What a couple. Oh, I love. I love both of them I know. individually and together like they're more than the sum of their parts. <laughs> I'm sure they'd love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Based on how they talked about the, their relationship in this <laughs> podcast because they've done uh, movies together now or a mm. movie together now. For people who don't know who we're talking about, she's the assistant in Devil Wears Prada. She was yep. Mary Poppins. He's Jim from The Office. Long story short, such an entertaining podcast. Highly recommend it. Emily Blunt's also been in Australia recently. Yeah, so she's actually filming in Australia with Ryan Gosling. Uh, a public service announcement just aligned to that if you're in Sydney this weekend. Uh, that film, which is called The Fall Guy, is actually shutting down the Harbour Bridge on Sunday yeah. to do some stunts. Which is quite the thing because, I mean, they're shutting it down at different times, but, I mean, obviously everyone knows the mm. Harbour Bridge is a gateway for everyone, but mm. they're shutting down the walkway on yeah. Sunday morning. All those people who get up and do their morning, morning walk, across walk the bridge, over the bridge, yeah. not possible. They are filming something there then. So that's the whole thing. Claire, 
Maybe a good time to stay home and do some cooking. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> We're really proud walk. of our segues. Yeah, go and do some cooking. <laughs> Kate, what an amazing idea. Oh, God. Uh, so we've got a recommendation to a cheesy potato cake. It's an Odalengi recipe. If you're not in the cult of Odalengi. I'm not in the cult, but gee whiz. I mean, you guys talk about it a lot. Oh, him? Oh, yeah, what? Him, person, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. His name is Yodam Odalengi. Uh, he's an Israeli-born British chef. He's well-known for making vegetables delicious that's kind of his thing with those really great sort of middle eastern flavors uh annalise who produces this podcast is a big fan uh this recipe she's nodding as we talk yeah (laughs) uh this recipe we're recommending received uh quite a bit of recognition because he says he can't get his kids to eat vegetables oh which is a bit of a problem when you're the chef who makes vegetables attractive Yeah, that anyway. is a problem. But, I mean, what parent can get their kids to eat vegetables? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So he's created this potato cake where you can sneak all those veggies into it. It's That's quite funny, though, because it's just full of cheese, yeah. really. I and mean, potato. it's just cheese and potato. Amazing. So, I mean, but potato is a vegetable, as I always say, every time <laughs> I take my kids to the pub and feed them hot chips for dinner. Potato is a vegetable. <laughs> It's good enough for like thousands of people every day. So go for it. Go for it. Claire, this calendar issue. Yep. Um, so you still have a physical calendar. Absolutely. Okay, talk us through it. I need to write people's birthdays on it so that I can keep track of it. Uh, in the old days when I lived in a home for all of my childhood years, we had a separate toilet and it was always on the back of the toilet door. So oh, you yeah, knew exactly had, yeah, whose birthday it was I also had the time ta- times tables yeah. on the back of the door. Yeah, exactly. That's how I learned to do my times tables. We don't have separate toilets anymore. Maybe that's actually a numeracy issue we anyway. should talk to education departments <laughs> about. But anyway, um, what I do these days, and there's some beautiful calendars still yeah, on sale. Uh, I've got a recommendation for one. Uh, buy it in the first couple of weeks of January, even later in January. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gung-ho in the first two weeks of January. There's a reason why the 14th of January is called Quitter's Day. Yeah, It's because you've gone out way too hard. You've set expectations you can't meet. I reckon take it easy. Get yourself organised in the second half of January. Buy yourself a calendar. They're cheap because they're on sale. Yep. Away you go. Yeah. So yours is from Buy From The Bush, yep. obviously, um, that sort of curator of great regional gifts and clothes and products Calendars. And Calendars, it turns out. Mm. Um, we'll put a link to that in your episode notes. Anyone who did quit on Quitter's Day, whether it was you want to exercise <laughs> more or you want to eat healthy or whatever, I mean, we feel you. Oh, We're totally. right there with you. It's all yeah. good. On to Squeeze Press. Uh, Squeeze Press, last week we talked um, about the fact that we're hiring Claire. You've had some great applications for the content role. Yeah, actually I am normally try not to work much today on Saturday. I try and have that day clear, but I'm actually setting aside some time because we've had some terrific applications. I can't wait to just sit down and go through them. Really excited about some of those applications. So thank you so much if you did apply. We're getting to it. We're getting to it. We are also really ramping up our hunt for a sales lead to join the team. I lead that team, Claire. Hand on heart, we have so much fun. I know. It's a great yeah. team. Really enjoy I think working the with the people. Team we've has got. more fun, but that's yeah, just my competitive that. nature. I mean, the people who join can make up their mind. Let's see. <laughs> if you like what we do and you want to get out there and help us work with some great brands, get in touch any which way you like. My email's Kate at thesqueeze.com.au. Really keen to chat to anyone who wants to get into sort of new media, digital media, and, and work with a great sales team. We're really keen to meet you. 
Speaking of great brands, Claire. Yeah, we don't get sent much stuff and we're not actually pitching for people to send us stuff. No, we don't want you to send no. us stuff. <laughs> we're we're not, not influencers we're, and we're not influencers. Again, I'll say it for the second time <laughs> this podcast, we're not those people. But uh, look, if you get some stuff and you really like it, uh, we did this week, Sunday Riley uh, sent us some product. I reckon, Kate, we should manifest a sort of actually paid partnership with that Sunday we would like Riley. to have with Sunday Riley. <laughs> oh, look, I am new to the world of beauty mm. as everyone I work with knows. I didn't fully appreciate just how exciting it was to get some free products from Sunday Riley, but people went wild in the office yeah. for it. I have the uh, serum. On my face. And you are, you do have a bit I'm of a glow. Going, anyway, this yeah. is not a paid spot. No. We're not looking for anything. Not. But apparently the team at Sunday Riley listened to the podcast and we just wanted to say g'day and thank you. And um, that is the extent of our life as influencers. We're done now, I think. Yeah, put that down. <laughs> but thank you and let's do a paid thing. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Saturday Squiz. Final bit of news from us is that we are publishing the Squiz Today podcast through to Wednesday next week. We won't be publishing on Australia Day or on Friday. No, but we will have some things in the channel there. Yeah. Uh, we'll have Saturday Squiz, of course, next week too. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Catch you next week. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.